So just a PSA to all the listeners out there. If you are going to do field work, it's a really good idea to check to make sure your field equipment isn't broken before you leave to go do the field work. Oh just oh no. putting that out there. <laughs> oh no. Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, and I am named Sophie. <laughs> but for the purposes of this podcast, I have a randomly generated fantasy name, and that name today is <laughs> Amigator Truth Farmer. Uh huh. <laughs> Thank you. I I will farm the truth from you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amigator Truth Farmer. That's yeah. pretty legit. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. This, honestly, Amigator Truth Farmer feels a bit more sci-fi to me. Ooh. Yeah. But it's the I'm tour. It. Yeah, it's the tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, who are you guys? Oh, man. Well, I'm not a gator, but my name is Sam. <laughs> But you can call me Alisol Hay Bandit. Oh. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> hay Bandit? Wait. Like, does, the grass? Yeah. yeah. Does she steal hay or does she use hay as cover for her banditing? <laughs> Both. Both. Are you stealing Both hay from my truth farm? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Because you are actually farming the 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 truths that are keeping the people oppressed. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Dang. laughs> like Robin Hood. <laughs> I must, I must, uh, I must set the truth free so wow. the rebellion wow. can live on. Dang. Wow. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm the bad guy for sure. You're the villain. Yeah. Amigator <laughs> is such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hannah, how do you fit into our, our story now? <laughs> Well, if only you were a with. ship. <laughs> yeah, I was a ship, and then Sim's boyfriend came into the spreadsheet, said, "Oh, ship," and then left. So I had to pick a new name. <laughs> I am truly sorry. Heck off, Sim's boyfriend. To be helpful, and it, it he was trying fired. to be helpful, and it ruined ruined it. But anyway. <laughs> When my name isn't Hannah or Shipfucker, for the purposes of this podcast, you can call me a rattling birdman. <laughs> a rattling birdman. A rattling birdman. I eat the hay. The seeds from the hay. Are you my sidekick? Can you, are you like my? Are you? Oh like, yeah. A, like a crow or a bird that's like my my henchman. No, you're explicitly a birdman. Birdman. I was thinking oh. almost like a mermaid man and barnacle boy kind of thing where I'm yeah. your like creepy sidekick who like squats in trees and yeah. wears a feather like cloak. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that better. Here for yeah. it. Yeah. A rattling bird man. Like, you know, that guy is creepy. Yeah. My arch nemesis. But you're my best friend. Man. A rattling. Yeah. A rattling. <laughs> a rattling and a gator or whatever your name was. Amigator. <laughs> Amigator. I'm guessing because one of us put together this name generator, the Amy part is a Star Wars thing. <laughs> what? Uh, 
I believe it would start Amy Dalla. <laughs> Maybe. I'm pretty sure Dalla is in there too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you might notice that some of the names start with Anna and end in Kin. I was kind of on a... Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, or Emmy and and with Dala. Yeah, you know, there's an Obi in there. (laughs) My name is half Star Wars, half biology, so it's obvious that Hannah made this list. Listen, there's also a Sam and an Antha. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) What if I get Samantha one day? Wouldn't that be so funny? That would be good. Anyway, uh, we read two more chapters of Aragon this week. Do you guys want to tell us what happened in the chapters? Do we? Do uh, you? Can you? Uh, listen, I'll be more confident in myself. Guys! Oh. <laughs> tell us what happened. Oh. Sure thing. So the first chapter is called Awakening and shocker the awakening is the dragon hatching wow i know i was just like so surprised even though i've never read this book (laughs) yeah this book is not predictable it's not (laughs) predictable at all but besides that uh aragon has some like weird magic shoot up his arm because of something to do with this dragon the dragon grows and leaves large dung piles everywhere. And then <laughs> uh-huh. the chapter ends with Aragon seeking out the help of Brom and what seems to be the telepathic relationship he has with the dragon begins to settle into place. The dragon says his name for the first time. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Oh, gosh. Well, in the second chapter, T for two, Aragon goes to find Gandalf, I mean Brom, <clears throat> the storyteller, <laughs> to ask him questions about the dragon riders, which gives us another good world building chapter. Gotta like those. So along with Aragon, we learn that the dragons and the dwarves are the indigenous races of Alagasia and the history of the dragon riders, or Shirtigal, as they call themselves. Notably, the very first dragon rider was an elf named Aragon, which I'm sure won't be prophetic in the slightest. So we get a little bit of that rider history and dragon physiology and magic stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into later. And all of this, of course, happened long before the current era, and nobody has seen a dwarf or a dragon since Galbatorix's rise to power. So this whole chapter is more storytelling from Brom. It was not Gandalf, he's Brom. (laughs) He's, he's definitely not going to die. No, definitely not. No, haven't you heard? He's already died and he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was yeah. with that line? <laughs> oh, at some point, Aragon just says like, oh yeah, I heard the story you told about, he's talking about the one from the last chapter, and Brahm is like, story? <laughs> if it's a story, then the rumors of my death are true and you are speaking with a ghost. <laughs> just like it's just like there's i I don't know about you guys i don't know that story necessarily implies that it's fiction (laughs) yeah uh no like i i'd be like oh it's a good story i guess it does imply that it's embellished or something but a story could be true yeah like a true story (laughs) you can tell someone the story of something that happened to you at work recently Mm -hmm. and you go oh man let me tell you a story yeah 
So yeah. like Brom was just kind of being dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Because he's Gandalf. He has yeah, to Gandalf. be. It's has part of the be. job description of his character. It's true. It's yeah. also interesting that he would be so dismissive of the idea of a story when like for the vast majority of human history we had like oral traditions as the main method of like teaching and cultural preservation which is literally just storytelling yeah and isn't his isn't his title storyteller i don't know if that's his title or if that's just kind of like a role he takes in the town okay but that is what he's referred to in the previous chapters for sure yeah or how he is referred to. Because it also kind of seems the implication is that he is an oral history teller, right? Yeah. Whatever, he's mad about it. <laughs> yeah. So clearly the point of that is a kind of ham-fisted attempt to make you, the reader, be like, oh, this is true. It's not just like a legend. This is actual yeah. true stories about the dragon riders. And, you know, it works. It gets the point yeah. across. Sure. It's a fun time. Just, yes. The whole chapter is a little ham-fisted. Yeah. I mean, it's literally Brom being like, I'm the reader, here's a question, and Brom being like, here's the answer. Yeah, it's very much like the first half hour or so of a movie or the first couple episodes of a TV show where people have conversations that feel kind of clunky because they're clearly just designed to give the viewer information. Like yeah. a new character shows up on screen and the protagonist is like, oh, hello, sister. Like, this reminds me of how happy we used to be before mom died of cancer. And it's like, nobody talks <laughs> like that in real life, but this yeah. is giving information to the audience. Yeah. And that's kind of the same vibe that this chapter has. It was very info dumpy. It was very, very much, much so. tell, not show. Like, yes. Yeah. And like, I'm not against uh, tell instead Mm -hmm. of show chapter i mean especially like this gets a lot of information in like four pages Mm -hmm. and it was fairly like believable method to take it on yeah yeah you know what fine (laughs) yeah it it fits in with the kind of premise of the story it's just like okay aragon found a dragon he goes to talk to the one person in this town who knows anything about dragons maybe yeah. It's like, yeah, this is believable. Yeah. Yeah. Which does ra- raise the question of why Brom knows so much about dragons yeah. and the dragon riders if Carvajal is like so isolated and the dragon riders have been gone for so long. Like, where did he get all this information? He's probably an immortal dragon rider. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ooh. That's my guess. Is that... Well, again, I know nothing, (laughs) but I'm sure there's going to be some sort of twist where he used to be a dragon rider and then he's going to end up teaching Aragorn how to ride the dragon and all the tricks and stuff. And that's just my guess. Interesting. Interesting. But I mean, Hannah probably remembers best. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was going to say, I know the answer. Am I hot? Am I cold? (laughs) Do you want me to tell you? Uh, no, let's just keep it. Let's keep it a surprise. (laughs) All right. Let's keep, let's well, keep you're, it guessing. You're either correct or incorrect. I'll give you that much. I'll give you that what much. The, <laughs> it's nothing! Exactly. Mm, that's how much you're getting. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, you mentioned that he's an immortal dragon rider, which is an interesting fact that we get from this chapter that 
both dragons and the dragon riders are functionally immortal unless they are killed or seemingly their partner is killed. So they say if you kill the rider, then the dragon can die and presumably it goes the other way. So can his dragon be dead and he still be alive? It's just that now he could be killed or like... I think that would mean that if Brahm is a dragon rider whose dragon has been killed, mm-hmm. he will now age and die where he wouldn't have before is kind mm. of what I thought. Yeah. Well, wait, the dragon riders like went extinct more than a lifespan ago, right? He says it was long before his time, Brom says. That the last okay, of the maybe, riders. Maybe were I'm off, or maybe maybe he's hiding a dragon somewhere. But maybe how do you hide those dung piles? It's true. <laughs> true. Lots of dragon poop everywhere. Yeah. I mean nobody goes into the spine. Maybe there's a dragon living there. there More than one. Now. There is now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just guys wait, wait, wait. As as people who've come from the husbandry zookeeping aquarium industry, can you just imagine the husbandry of a full-fledged dragon? Oh, god. Having to clean that? oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it would be more like people who take care of large ungulates or yeah yeah something probably <laughs> yeah the largest animals we collectively ever took care of were chondrichthys sharks and sawfish which are big but don't quite have the same capacity for quote giant dung heaps as reptiles also like they're in the water it yeah kind of goes a different way. I mean, yeah. I got shit on by a sawfish, guys. Yeah. It, it still, it still comes out if you're under it. Oh, it's yeah. true. I mean, I feel like one of the key differences. This is a bit of an aside, but between yeah. aquarium husbandry and like terrestrial husbandry is that in terrestrial terrestrial husbandry, your poop is uh, bigger, but in aquarium husbandry, you're much more likely to get it in your mouth. Yeah. Oh! I, I don't think that. I did not That's go true. a full week in that job without getting poop in my mouth once. I got so much I'm... urchin poop in my mouth. <laughs> I'm it's... like, that wasn't really an issue with the jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those of us with real animals had I poop. did drinks. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm leaving the call. <laughs> I mean, you did accidentally put a jellyfish in your mouth. <laughs> I feel okay. like that's still worse. That was one time. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten Anyways, off topic. We've yeah. gotten off topic. Yeah, but Brom does mention that even the small dragons had wingspans over 100 feet and that like the bigger they got or the older they got, the bigger they got. And some of the older ones could have passed for large hills. And just because Aragon explicitly mentions the volume of poop that comes out of his baby dragon <laughs> like can you <laughs> can you even oh my gosh a dragon the size of a small hill it seems to be a carnivore Aragon's uh, dragon is only eating meat so like having carnivorous poops coming out of that gigantic lizard is just an image but it was clearly written by a 16-year-old boy because the giant dung piles were specifically mentioned. Yes. I am a 16-year-old boy. Why am I that <laughs> <so funny? laughs> I mean, that is like a genuine consideration. 
It hundred percent is. It's just not something you usually see a lot of authors, I guess, make note of. Like you yeah. kind of don't. You never make note of like the the ugly sides of having an animal companion or something like that. You know, like yeah. I, I, I don't wish think more Jay, of them would. I know, but I was like, I don't think George R. R. Martin and Daenerys Targaryen and her three dragons ever considered the impacts of their giant dung piles. <laughs> <laughs> anyways i've ruined this for myself we've talked about poop for way too long can we move on yeah yeah please so i wrote down like a bunch of the pertinent details that aragon listed in these two chapters yeah about the dragon and its biology heck yeah so i'm just gonna rattle them off real fast okay super sharp teeth serrated claws swallows meat whole and is apparently an obligate carnivore it only eats meat Mm -hmm. they never stop growing like hannah said the wingspan can be over 100 feet they can reproduce and breathe fire at five to six months but they breathe fire for longer the older they are they double in size in their first week (laughs) Uh, yeah, and they have a magic to extend their lifespan. And mm-hmm. I, my theory, mm-hmm. warm blooded, because yeah, Aragon mm-hmm. mentions that when he touches the wing, it's warm. It also survives by itself in the woods in winter. Yeah, True. yes, yes, yeah. There was one other sentence that was kind of weird to me where when he pets the dragon. Mm-hmm. It says it arches its back like a cat. And like lizards can arch their back, but they don't really do that. Okay. Liz- like reptiles and mammals, the biggest like difference between them, one of the big differences between them is like in their locomotion and how their bodies are set up. So right. like if you think about how a gazelle runs or how a dolphin swims it's like a gallop right it's like a vertical up and down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like reptiles do a side to side like they slither like a snake or like a lizard walk is like a snake okay and so like to say that this lizard this dragon like arches its back like a cat like they can do that but it's not like (laughs) A super natural contortion of the body. Right. So, I don't know. It was just like a weird thing to me that maybe we can touch back on later. Maybe they'll give us more information. Yes. I feel like, other than some of the, like, surface aesthetic things, this is going to be a creature that is basically a mammal with scales, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Christopher Paulini... (laughs) like considered the accurate biology of a dragon too much yeah which is well don't worry we will take him to task for for 24 (laughs) episodes about it we will that's why we are here that's why Mm -hmm. we're here i did notice something that might tie into that which is that the dragon has spikes along its spine from the base of its head to the end of its tail but there is a gap in the spikes and an unusually large dip at the neck where it meets the shoulders, which to me is kind of implying this is a space for somebody to ride, which then implies some kind of 
like convergent evolution almost or co-evolution of these mm-hmm. dragons with their riders to like make them more adaptable to living with like a human or an elven rider and that could be something else or that could be something that relates to the idea of this dragon arching like a cat and like displaying affection yeah in a very or in a way that humans interpret as affection mm-hmm. i thought that sentence just meant that because of like the connection of the neck and shoulders there wasn't a spike there but yeah i could be wrong I could also definitely be wrong. It just seems very yeah. convenient that it's like, oh, there's like an unusually big gap in this like unusually shaped dip on the back of this dragon before its wings. And like, it could just be that dragons are naturally shaped that way. But yeah, that's being weird, the that, like... found family fated bond kind of sucker that I am, I'm like, oh my God, the dragons are like built to be with their people and then they influence their people to be able to keep up with them better. Um, which Bram gets into a little bit as well. Oh my god! So I thought I that do was cute. Hate the <laughs> idea of selection, artificial selection, on a sentient creature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I think. Yeah, that's really gross. Uh... <laughs> but maybe it wasn't. It was, you know, commensal. It was the two of them together. Symbiotic yeah. is what I meant. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, if I remember correctly, I think, like, the dragons are the ones that, like, choose which dragon eggs get given to people, but then that means dragons do eugenics, and I don't think that's better. Uh, yeah, also, <laughs> if the dragons and the dwarves were here, does that, like, does that mean their natural cohort is with a, is a dwarf? I don't, I doubt it. Because the, the history that we get from Brahm is that the dragons and dwarves oh, yeah, were like right. the two sapient species kind of coexisting on this continent. And then the colonizer elves came over, started killing dragons because they thought the dragons were just like beasts. And the dragons were like, absolutely the fuck not, and started yeah. killing elves. Things happen. Aragon finds, Aragon the first finds a dragon egg, raises it as his friend. And the dragons and elves are like, oh, we should have an alliance and do this all the time, which is like cool, I guess. So it wasn't a thing before <laughs> Aragon the first kidnapped an infant and right. subjugated it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that I, that is, got away from me. Yeah, that's surely not enough time for natural selection. <laughs> no, my thought was that it's influenced by magic in the same way that the dragons exert magic that physically changes their riders. Maybe they're also exerting oh, magic yeah. magic that physically I'm... changes their own physiology. Physically yeah. physiology. God damn. Physics, physical physiology. Imagining... <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just imagining that the elves just have like these like very wide cowboy stances. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god. <laughs> the dragons have changed to have this like sitting spot on their neck, but the elves have changed to have like an extremely wide stance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the physical changes that happen when you yeah. become paired with a dragon. You get pointy ears, you get keener eyesight and stronger magic, and your pelvis and hips widen so that your yeah. <laughs> leg span is b- broader. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you know sort of like how you describe someone you know looking like a rapier yeah (laughs) with their very wide legs 
this elf is a rapier and this one is a barrel. <laughs> yeah, this one is one of those like workhorses. The Oh yeah. What are they? Sawhorses? The sawhorses. Yes, the sawhorses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna write a book and describe someone as like being built, built like, like a, a sawhorse. Saw <laughs> <laughs> Legs akimbo. Yeah, the weirdly so horizontal. <laughs> With their legs with a four meter span. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know how sometimes you like trip over your own feet? I bet you don't do that yeah. if your legs are four feet apart. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so based on the... Uh, there there are just some of the things mentioned about this dragon that uh-huh. I would like to talk about. Okay. okay. So this dragon has wings. And... <laughs> The even the smallest ones, according to Brahm, have wingspans of over a hundred feet, which is like really fucking big. That's so big. <laughs> that's so like just think about that. That's so big. And like that's I'm assuming he means at the point of like sexual and pyrotechnical maturity. Yeah. Right. So like that's within still... five months, they yeah. become that big. That's still really fucking big. <laughs> I just imagined a little baby dragon with like a hundred foot long wings. Oh my god. So, as some of you might know, I am a big fan of whales. Oh god. Okay. And the biggest, <laughs> also that, the biggest animal that has ever existed on Earth is the blue whale, which can also grow to be about a hundred feet long. Oh my God. So these dragons, their wingspan by the time I suppose they are five or six months old are already the size of an adult blue whale. That's so big. That's so big. That's like yeah. almost unfathomably large. How did that fit in yeah. the egg? Well, she that uh, it was little. Oh. It was a it baby. It was only as long as his forearm, I think he said. Yeah, like, which oh. is like about a foot usually average. Yeah. Okay. Just sidebar. I did look up how fast I was just like something big that you know. Yeah, is that sort matures of quickly. Yeah. But is warm blooded. And as everyone knows, birds are basically lizards that are warm blooded. That's uh, true. <laughs> because dinosaurs were probably warm blooded. So I looked up how fast an ostrich can grow. Oh yeah. Ostriches grow twenty five centimeters per month in their first year. Okay. So okay. that's pretty fast. So yeah, fast. not as fast yeah. as a dragon. Not as fast as a dragon, but conceivable. Uh-huh. But anyway, back to their wingspan. I there's this thing in birds and I guess airplanes <laughs> called, <laughs> um, called wing loading. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh huh. Oh And wing loading basically means like the surface area of your wing versus how much weight it can carry okay mm-hmm. and so like a higher wing loading let me make sure i'm getting this right let me just check i'm just struggling to take any of this, this serious since wingspan don't even no, don't even go there we're not talking about sarah j max oh, damn it <laughs> sam you just ruined the dragon for me <laughs> i don't think i could ever ruin dragons for you accurate yeah yeah anyway so a 
lower wing loading means a very large wing compared to a very tiny body or a very light body. Okay. So like a monarch like a butterfly. Bat. Okay. Like a, a monarch bat. butterfly, right? Like that tiny Sam, shut up. Bat. <laughs> a bat. I mean, I didn't look up a bat, but I can. <laughs> I mean, they do have bat wings. <laughs> He says they have fingers of bone in between the skin. <laughs> yes. The skin anyway. is very... He makes a point of mentioning how like heavily vascularized the wing <laughs> membrane is, yeah. which I thought was interesting. That's not... <laughs> I'm muting Sam. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to talk about wing loading. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Start again. Wing loading. Uh, no, it's too late. No. <laughs> if you have a very high wing loading, it's a very tiny wing for, like, a big body. But okay. if you have, like, a very fast aircraft, you can have a very low wing loading because it doesn't need as much lift. Okay. So a very... <laughs> but if you have low wing loading, it means you have to, like, land or take off over a much longer distance. So if you've ever seen like an albatross trying to land, <laughs> uh-huh. their wing loading is like too high. So they just like crash into the ground. <laughs> it's so. not graceful. Yeah. I'm like an elf. Funny. Yeah. But anyway, so at some point I cannot do it yet, but knowing okay. that the wingspan is a hundred feet if I get either the weight of the dragon <laughs> or, like, if I can figure out the area of the wing. I guess if I just did math based on bat wings. But anyway, we'll do that next time. I can figure out the wing loading of a dragon. <laughs> Which I'm very uh -huh. excited about. Okay. So, yeah, get hyped for that, you guys. Wow, I'm so excited. Yeah. But I did also look up some big lizards that had wings. Like Just dinosaurs? to give you an idea of how f***ing huge this dragon is. <laughs> okay. So the biggest bird to ever have existed, with or I guess the widest wings of any bird, was Pelagiornis, which is like an albatross extinct. Okay, cool. That was 24 feet wide. Oh. The wingspan. 24 feet. So if you imagine four... Pelagiornis uh -huh. across. That's one yeah. dragon. Yeah, to give you an idea, the biggest <laughs> albatross is like three, okay, three meters across, which Pelagiornis was like eight meters across. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Big. big. Summary, big. <laughs> Summary, big. The biggest flying creature ever, though, was probably a pterosaur, one of the flying. <laughs> yeah. Reptiles, not dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? The flying <laughs> dinosaur. dinosaur? Not dinosaur. <laughs> if it was <laughs> in the water or in the air, it was not a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I watched Land Before Time and Petrie was totally a dinosaur in that movie. Not so... a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> not. He's not? Petrie's no. not a dinosaur? I'm so sorry. No. If it had wings and isn't a bird, then it Then what was wasn't... it? wasn't a dinosaur it was a pterosaur a reptile <laughs> oh a cool one <laughs> anyway quetzalcoatlus was probably oh. like i can't say that quetzal Quetzalcoatlus. 
Clotless? Anyway, was probably 12 meters wide <laughs> wingspan, which is okay. like 36 feet. So only three of those needed. Okay, cool. But yeah, probably only like 200 kilograms. 36 feet wide, and it's only 200 kilograms. Wow. Oh my god. You gotta be real light to be able to fly. Yeah, that'll be interesting later on, because I'm sure... I mean, considering that there's a talk about dragon riders, I assume that Aragon is going to put his human bulk upon this dragon. Yeah, like if a human is already like whatever, 70 kilos, that's a good chunk. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Dragon's going to be strong as hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's weird to me that like the being able to mate and breathe fire at 5 to 6 months. That seems very young. That also implies that the breathing fire is like a maturity yeah reproductive thing (laughs) i was like is it like a secondary sexual characteristic yeah now i'm imagining they use it like a display yeah i was just thinking that too (laughs) that would be fun (laughs) that would be really cool didn't they do that in how to train your dragon i never watched the third one but i just remember there's a scene where like toothless does something to attract a a lady oh he does a whole bunch of things okay (laughs) i don't think i watched that one either yeah (laughs) i watched it a couple months ago did you okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. just do a little fire dance for your lady yeah i think she used her fire to attract him and he did a lot of like really inept like bird of paradise (laughs) dances i like that even more i love that even more Uh uh-huh I do really like the idea of fire as a secondary sexual characteristic used in, like, reproductive attraction. Yeah. I I just think all the time about how great it would be if humans had evolved from a species where, like, the dudes had to do a dance or, like, <laughs> yeah. fancy feathers <laughs> or build you a <laughs> nest of blue things to impress you. I mean, we do have males that grow facial hair and Mm. are like significantly more able to grow muscle yeah but i wish they were like you know those like flag tail night jars where they just grow like a pennant off of their butt (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) pennant 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 winged night jars or whatever they're called i Uh. do think other animals (laughs) have like objectively more fun sexual attractant features but also if you think about the ones that humans have in very biological terms it gets really funny and really weird yeah (laughs) imagine if you saw like a fish it was like yeah in order to attract a mate this fish grows giant i guess fish doesn't work but this fish grows facial hair and this one grows like giant uh organs for feeding its young and those are things that are attractive and it's like what the what the hell (laughs) who came up with that system also they stand upright and it ruins their entire skeletal system why do they do that nobody knows (laughs) i'm not mad about my boobs and my back it's fine oh yeah (laughs) boobs plus back plus microscope do not equal a happy woman oh god God. i'm in a lot of pain (laughs) 
Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) And I just like, I always kind of forget how inconvenient boobs are. That just reminded me that my back pain is probably attributed to that and the microscope. I never forget. (laughs) (sighs) I was going to make a very tasteless joke about this is why people with boobs have been excluded from the sciences for so long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I won't make it. <laughs> our poor feminine backs can't support the weight of our yeah. memories as we microscope. As you do science. Sophie, you can make that I mean, joke, but true. then you're buying me a massage. <laughs> Wait, can I, I have a massage? It. I'm just saying. I didn't make the joke. I'm just saying oh, I true. could have. You just said that you could have. That's true, yeah. Yes. Anyways. Yes. Anyways. Wasn't in Fireborn, the other dragon book that the three of us have read recently, mm-hmm. the dragons also have to reach like a certain level of maturity before they can breathe fire. Yeah, wasn't it called like sparking or something? Once they, they called sparked? it sparking. Yeah. yeah, but in those dragons, it seemed to be a combination of age and social hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the highest ranked dragons and their social hierarchy would spark first. And most of the more like subordinate dragons were not able to spark until the higher ranked dragons did it first. So that's like an interesting kind of way to do dragon fire breathing. Yeah. We don't really have enough information at this point to say whether it's like a secondary sexual characteristic or like a social characteristic or just straight up like maturity. Like I know with fish, there's no like age at which fish become like sexually mature and start exhibiting those like adult traits. It's usually a function of size. So you can have like a much younger fish that just grew really fast because it was in more ideal conditions that reaches that maturity point earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's probably supposed to be mostly for hunting or defense, Mm -hmm. but it's weird that it's so late because Like, Aragon explicitly says the dragon is able to hunt for itself pretty much immediately. Yeah, within, like, so, the second the yeah. second day of its life outside the shell, I think. Yeah, so obviously the fire isn't necessary for hunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does seem like something that would be very energetically expensive, yeah. right? Which is usually, like, a lot of traits that you see that are energetically expensive are for absolute survival purposes. Or yeah. as a sexual display. Yeah. Right? Am I missing Which, anything? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I'm sure we'll remember something like super obvious as soon as we yeah. finish recording. But right now, those are the only two I can think of. <laughs> yeah, because you even get like venomous snakes won't always inject venom. Or mm-hmm. spiders won't even always inject venom when they bite. If they like know it's pointless. <laughs> yeah yeah and by no i mean like the situation meets the criteria (laughs) that their responses are programmed to Uh do and then you have people who will do energetically expensive things on purpose because if we don't and then we eat too many chips our pants don't fit anymore as like a (laughs) non-specific example that i haven't experienced ever yeah non-specific Non-specific, very generic. I stay with heat on my hips because I've been hiking like every day. (laughs) Man, are you, have you also (laughs) f***ed up your hips? Because mine have been killing me for like months and I'm getting real sick of it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm 30. I've f***ed up every joint that I have. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Congratulations. They're Thanks. starting to expire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, first you have to walk up the hill, which is part of what hurts the joints yeah. in the first place. <laughs> Actually, going downhill hurts joints more than going uphill. I was going to say, going downhill yeah. hurts me more than going uphill. Yep. Yep. Anyway, physicality is a curse. Yeah. I want a robot body or a dragon body. They seem pretty a dragon cool. dragon body would be cool. And you'd be immortal. Okay, speaking of immortals, though. Okay. Vampires? Okay. No. Vampires. Okay, so in <laughs> in this chapter, book, whatever, um, and I think this has happened before. I might be really off here, but they call the elves the fair folk. Yes. So it made me think, what the hell is the difference between elves and fae? Is it just that the fae have wings, but then not all fae have wings, and then fae are just essentially elves, but then it's usually fairies that are the fair folk, and it's not the elves? And so it's like, do do we know the difference? (laughs) I think elves are totally, like, fictional, and fae are from, like, Celtic mythology. Well, well, I mean, elves are also from, like, I think elves are fae, but, like, fae don't exist in these books. Okay. So the fair folk are just automatically the elves because the fae don't exist? Like, I think in Celtic mythology, elves fall within fae. Okay. But but they're usually, like, little mischievous 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 yeah uh-huh. that's the word uh-huh like i think elves exist in celtic mythology but they're like little mischievous creatures okay so wait in, in celtic mythology the elves are the mischievous ones and not the fae uh, i always thought it was the no, other way like, around the, i thought the fae were like elves the... are a type of fae oh i don't know i was just like and it's something i've been thinking about because it's like why do authors decide that mostly Sarah J. Mass and a lot of YA these days that like the Fae is what they use instead of elves? I don't know. Maybe uh, elves feel too overdone and now yeah. it's the Fae that are getting overdone. Maybe. I don't know. I don't tend to read Fae books because it is not my thing. Because of wingspan. Well, just <laughs> there's that, but like even a lot of the other books. I've read that, like, reference fae. The main one that's coming to mind is um, Wise Man's Fear. The fae are always, in my experience, which I will acknowledge is quite limited, Mm -hmm. they tend to be very sexualized, and I'm not super into that. Yeah. Whereas elves are often also sexualized, but in a more, like... Untouchable way. Yeah. (laughs) Why is that, though? That's what I'm like. I'm trying to, like, is it just that we over sexualize so it's a fae and then we sexualize in a different way and then it's an elf? Like, I'm. Oh, I don't understand. I I would argue that it's probably because, like, in Celtic mythology, Mm -hmm. fairies, like, steal people away. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, like, seduce maidens away or steal husbands or whatever and tolkien and other right like because like you can't not include tolkien when you talk about like yeah how elves are portrayed modern yeah in modern times for sure yeah like, elves are definitely like they've been turned into this 
Yeah, okay. just like superior floaty forest race. Like the good fae. Mm-hmm. So like the traditional fae is like the quote unquote bad fae and the the fair folk. No, that's the lot. No, sorry. The fair folk are usually referred to as bad too. Anyways, good fae, bad fae. Good fae okay. equals yeah. elves. <laughs> okay, I but I was, so. <laughs> I was, I found a Reddit thread for this. And this is why I was laughing earlier before we started recording. And it was like, what is the difference between fairies, fae, and elves? And anyways, this person had this like in-depth description <laughs> that like, fae are usually the human sized, live in a different dimension, blah, 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 blah. They have no souls and look down on humans. And then elves... Not sure where they come from pre-Tolkien, but, like, Tolkien is, like, the main person. Anyways, they're magical and mortal, wise, and nature-loving. And then someone comes in with a comment, There are also a short, hard-working type of elf that principally operate out of the North Pole, and an even smaller type <laughs> that lives in trees, baking cookies and similar goods for sale in supermarkets. And I, just, I just got a good laugh out of that. So, <laughs> thought I would, thought I would share uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> The mythos of the elf is wide-ranging, and we'll definitely have to get into it further in a later episode. Yeah, probably once we meet our first elf. Yes. Not in the prologue. (laughs) Yes, Yes. one who isn't built like a rapier. Okay, but also, does this sound like... F*** you, Siri, I didn't (laughs) say anything. (laughs) Stop! What? <laughs> no idea. Sorry. I don't know why that went off. I did not say anything. Oh my god. Okay, this is just a train wreck now. Uh-huh. Okay. Aragon was named after the first dragon rider who was an elf. Yeah, so is this some prelude like foreshadowing that Aragon is like has some elf lineage to this first Aragon? Like, I know you probably can't answer that without spoiling it. <laughs> That'd be so interesting. I it say it's so interesting. And then, like, later on, Aragon asks, like, his own name, what does Aragon mean? And I'm just like, it's literally dragon with one letter <laughs> removed. Like, uh-huh. what the uh-huh. hell do you think your name means? Like, it's not like Aragon is some prophetic. I swear to God, if he puts, like, some prophetic meaning into, like, Aragon, I'm going to just be like, anyways, sorry, that's my rant. I feel like when I looked up the name. If there had been other things coming up in the book, I would have found it. Yeah. But I think it's just dragon with an E. I think it's <laughs> Literally, I'm pr- e. pretty sure it's just that. Pretty sure. Yep. Is he going to turn out to be a half-elf? Hmm. Who could we'll possibly find out. say? He's going to be a half-elf. I did find out that elves are from Germanic mythology. Like oh. oh, are they? Norse, Anglo-Saxon. I'm just... Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And then fairies or fey folk are more like Celtic, English, French. Okay. Interesting. And fairies normally have wings, whereas elves, I feel like, don't. But not yeah. all yeah. fey have wings. So that's where I'm like, then are you So they're elf? like, <laughs> they're like enzymes. All enzymes are proteins, but not all proteins are enzymes. All elves are fey, but not all fey are elves. <laughs> Yeah, I really oh. think they, they started as the same thing, but like two different names. And then Tolkien took the word elf to mean his elves. And then that's Which how has everyone, then become every elf. Everyone's yeah. elf. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure there was that much difference between elf and fairy before. 
Okay, fair. Yeah. One more thing. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I always come in with one more thing. Okay. But one more thing about the biology. Yes. Two more things. First, I just want to mention, it does not say specifically that the this dragon has four legs and two wings. So we won't get into that yet. <laughs> I did. I was wait, I was looking for that. And I was like, it too. hasn't said it yet. <laughs> it didn't say it. It didn't yeah. say it. So it's like, not. it can't be confirmed or denied yet. It can't be confirmed mm-hmm. or denied yet. Could no. be a big pterosaur, which is why I brought it up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. The other weird thing is I like went off on a whole track looking up serrated teeth before mm-hmm. because aragon specifically says serrated but then i ha- went back and was like oh he said serrated claws yeah he did yeah like serrated teeth exist in nature serrated claws do not <laughs> no i was gonna say i can't think of a single example of that in nature no yeah so the only thing i could find about it is surprise <laughs> birds oh my god some birds have like one talon that is quote-unquote serrated but it's like probably for grooming oh okay like it's like it's more like oh Oh, right i've heard of that and serrations for chomping but like i cannot think why because serrated teeth exist to tear through food to get a bite Mm mm-hmm like, why would, does it pull apart its food with its claws? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then, are they claw-based hunters? Maybe, but also Aragon says that the baby dragon swallows its food whole. Yeah. So, I wonder if this is, I'm going to, I've decided apparently that this is the hill I'm going to stake my flag on for this okay. book. I wonder if it's a, like, magically assisted selective evolution thing to make them better fighters because the dragon riders were sort of established for a very long time as, like, an extra national military force almost. Yeah. Could be a thing. That's honestly the best guess because serrated claws don't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, no. If serration is just for ripping. Yeah. Yeah. The only real application of that is hunting, which seems illogical. Otherwise, that would exist in nature or an active choice for fighting. Maybe. Yeah. While I was reading that section, I think I literally said out loud to this empty room, like, why didn't you just make it their teeth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have made so, so much more sense. Because he's not like other dragons. Oh, that's he's true. not like other dragons. Yeah. That's a good point. But then we could have talked about tiger sharks and their serrated teeth. Ooh. That's true. And how T-Rexes also have serrated teeth. Ooh. But don't worry, I talked about both of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, managed to still throw them in there. I still there. got to talk about it. Uh-huh. You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk what? about the Grishaverse, but they have elemental magic in the <laughs> Grishaverse, yeah. just like the dragons and doors <laughs> do. <laughs> We were so close to not talking about it for a whole episode. Wow. For the first of 30 episodes. Uh huh. That's all I had to say. Should we guess what's going to happen next? I'm going to edit this episode so that I can cut out that part. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. I'll forget immediately. (laughs) It's like, I have other things to do. You can do this one. Let's guess what's happening next. 
Okay. The next two chapters are called A Name of Power and A Miller to Be. Ah. Um. Um. Oh, he's going to name his dragon A Name yeah. of Power. Hell yeah. 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 Yeah, the end of the previous chapter, he gets Braum to list a bunch of dragon names. Yeah, so Braum lists some. There was Dura, Heodor, Fundar, Galzra, Briam, Ohen, Gretchum, Baron, Roslarb, and Sephira. God, if only any good of names. those <laughs> seemed like a good fit. <laughs> yeah, right? I wonder. <laughs> One of them seems a little obvious, but a maybe that's just because obvious. I've read this book before and have yeah. seen the cover. <laughs> and have seen the cover and have heard how they describe the color of the dragon every time. Yes, and have read the the uh, passages wherein the dragon has deep sapphire blue scales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that one of the dragons gets to be named Ohen the Strong. Ohen the Strong. <laughs> and the other ones do not get a qualifier. Nope. I mean, there was Fundor who fought the giant sea snake. Which giant oh, sea yeah. snake? We don't know. We don't know, but the giant sea snake. The Which giant sea snake. Which implies giant sea snakes big enough that you need a dragon to fight them? Yep. Ooh. Tell me more about that. Yep. That's a whole thing. I want to know more about that. <laughs> I hope we meet a giant sea snake later. Oh, man. Maybe it also has six limbs that yep. have evolved away. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't have any and it donated its other limbs to, oh, to the, the dragons. That's you know, with the magic? Legs. Yeah, they <laughs> magic the legs onto the dragons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the in the next, the other chapter, I assume someone becomes a miller. <laughs> yeah, didn't Aragon say in one of the first chapters that, um, is it Horst? Or no, Horst is the blacksmith. Was Oh, never mind. I was going to say, is Horst offered Roran? him, like, an apprenticeship. Maybe it's Roran? F*** that name. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Roran? Maybe Roran, Roran will be the miller? Roran? Roran? Roran. You know. Roran. Mm. Aragon and his cousin Roran. <laughs> they both Roran. become millers. Everyone becomes a miller, and the <laughs> dragon hangs out there. You're and so miller. does the dragon. Yeah. I think Aragon becomes a miller. Uh, yes. Aragon Miller. <laughs> yeah. That's actually his last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aragon becomes a miller and also he is a dragon. And that's the story. <laughs> uh-huh. Bye. The end. All fantasy characters should be farmers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that a miller is a farmer, but I'll let it's it. It's close. As a they... truth farmer. <laughs> oh, true. I'll, I'll let it slide. As a bird man, I'm probably very interested in what the miller is doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a hay bandit i'm probably stealing Ooh. something from you you the miller hates are you. the miller oh <laughs> wait what is or his miller? arch nemesis don't they mill they mill wheat, wheat don't they into flour into flour i literally only know this because it comes up in a lot of resource management video games yeah i was like age oh. of empires <laughs> yeah <laughs> interesting not because i know anything at all nope. about anything nope <laughs> i know nothing nope yeah anyway yeah anyways i agree the dragon gets a name and somebody becomes apprenticed to a <laughs> somebody miller somebody becomes a miller yeah probably not aragon <laughs> probably not aragon <laughs> maybe aragon is supposed to become a miller and that's why it's oh, yeah. to be maybe. Oh, maybe and then it's not to be 
and then it's unbead because he becomes a dragon rider <laughs> he becomes a dragon rider alas mm-hmm. well anyway let's talk about what we've been reading yay ah uh, yeah i'm deep into the second drew hayes villains code book the first book was forging hephaestus and this one is called bones of the past i think Ooh. of the past from the past I'm listening to the audiobook, so I don't look at the cover that often. <laughs> it's so good. I love these books so much. They're so convoluted, and like the audiobook, I think is 38 hours long. Oh my god! And they they're like giant physical novels, but like oh my god, they're so good. The relationships and the characterization and the story—you can just see all the little pieces edging together, and it's oh. like oh man, this is gonna be great. Uh, anyway, I love it. And I also read the heart principle and it was the wrong time for me to read it <laughs> but otherwise <laughs> that's fair that's what i've been reading nice what about you guys i'm a complete failure because i'm reading the same three books that i've been reading for the last month yay <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm still reading our august midnight book which is countryside <laughs> i'm <laughs> I'm still reading The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and I'm still reading Oathbringer. So, oh, I did decide to DNF a book. I'll talk about that one. How about that? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Guild by Raven Kennedy. It's one of those Kindle Unlimited books that's all over TikTok for if you like Akatar, read this. It's slated as like a King Midas retelling, and it just, it just ain't it. It's, it's not it why is it not it it's just the writing is not great the main character is not it there's a lot of just like blatant trigger warnings it's just it's just not it for me uh, personally cool and we all know i'm a big fan of fantasy romance books but i'm like bridge kingdom level not not this this was too much for me so i'm not gonna finish that so Hannah, how about you? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just bring the mood back up by yeah, saying please. I'm uh, I'm listening to a nonfiction book called Cast the Origins of Our Discontents Ooh, by I Isabel Wilkerson. It's really good. Yeah. It's focused on the United States, but it's kind of a dissection and explanation of how caste systems exist in human society and how they kind of form and are perpetuated and she's very deliberately using language that people are more familiar with applied to like the Indian context where they have like a formalized caste system but using that more unfamiliar language to talk about basically racism in North America so Mm -hmm. not super cheerful but like very interesting and as a white person very important i'm about halfway through and there's already things that have come up that i'm like i never even considered these things and i should think about them because they give me privilege that i didn't even realize i had um so i'm not finished yet but definitely recommend that one if you like me are a white person in north america (laughs) and i haven't started reading it yet now i'm actually going to bring the mood up because i'm excited but my, mm-hmm. I pre-ordered Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune, who's the same oh, author yeah. who wrote The House in the Cerulean Sea, which we all loved earlier oh, in the God. year. 
Yeah. And it just arrived this afternoon, so I haven't been able to start it yet, but I'm so excited to read that one. And then, of course, it's October, so at some point this month, we will all be reading one of my absolute favorite books of all time, which is Watership Down by Richard Adams. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad I got the audiobook for that one, because there's hope <laughs> that I might actually get, catch up to our book club, because uh, I, I have fallen behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now is a good time to admit that I haven't even read Foundry Side yet. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bit better. <laughs> that's fine i read it it was good but i'm waiting not, like sam's the best done. fantasy book i've ever read I, yeah I'm waiting i assumed you were waiting until i was done we live together yeah i assumed uh-huh. you might be waiting for that i should be done it this weekend that's fine take your I make, time I make no promises <laughs> i'm still working my way through 28 hours of <laughs> bones of the past so don't worry about it i have six hours left of the 55 hours of oathbringer like, wow. oh man so six close. hours is like a weekend i can definitely finish it in with a day of work now that i just work in a microscope so it'll be done by the next time we record i think but man that's a it's a marathon the stormlight <laughs> archives are a marathon yeah um mm-hmm. but a good marathon cool so lots of cool books definitely none of us are kind of overwhelmed and <laughs> reading slowly that's not a thing that's happening in the slightest no so, not at all <laughs> nope none of us not at uh, all <laughs> so if you liked this chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on itunes or your podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun related content on social media we are at midlight pod on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website midlightpod.podbean.com and on youtube and this week, to change things up a bit, we have a testimonial from Brom about our podcast. <laughs> Scholars have devoted entire lives to separating these fictions from fact, but it's doubtful any of them will succeed. Oh. <laughs> rude. <laughs> Harsh. Brom. Wow. So rude. It came for us. I feel like if Brom listened to our podcast, that <laughs> might be exactly what he said. But I don't know Brom very well yet. I feel like he would be harsher, honestly. True. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, story, story, then my death is true and I'm a ghost. 